0: Hey everyone, welcome to Legamai.
1: the People's Conversation
0: with Travis
1: and Kyra Gold.
0: If you are new here and we have not yet had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Travis Gold and I'm the lead pastor at For the People's Church located in downtown Los Angeles.
1: And my name is Kyra Gold. We are married and have an incredible son named Axel who was born in March of 2020.
0: On today's episode of Dialegami, we're going to be talking about friendship. Yep. And what I find interesting about this topic is when you research for information on relationships, friendship is the least common thing to come up. And yet friendship is an important conversation for us to have because most of us have engaged or attempted to engage in a friendship to some degree. Right. And oftentimes we aren't really sure what a gospel-centered friendship is and what it looks like. We as the family of believers will talk a lot about marriage, dating, and family, but friendship is one of those conversations that easily slips into the background uh, when we talk about relationships. Right. Friendship means different things to different people. For some, a friendship is a simple association, equating a friendship to an acquaintance or somebody that you know. Mm -hmm. To others, friendship is a loving companionship where considerable time and investment mark the relationship. Right. Right. The Bible nowhere presents a clear and concise definition for friendship, but we can glean from various points in scripture what a biblical friendship is. Right. We see in scripture that friendship isn't just horizontally amongst each other, but also vertically with our relationship with God. Jesus says in John 15:14, "You are my friends if you do what I command." The word Jesus uses here for friend in Koine common Greek is the word philos. Philos is someone dearly loved in a personal, intimate, and trusted way. Someone who is held dear with a close bond of personal affection. And since we live in a world full of undefined relationships and ever-changing relational norms, it is important for us biblically to define how our friendships are to stand despite the shifting shadows of the world.
1: Amen. It's funny that you reference John fifteen fourteen because when I think of friendship, the first passage that comes to mind are the words of Jesus in John fifteen verses nine through seventeen, where he says, starting in verse nine, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Verse mm-hmm. eleven. I have told you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Verse 12 My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Amen. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Mm. You are my friends if you do what I command. Verse 15. verse 17, this is my command, love each other. Mm. In these verses, Jesus is teaching what he would go on to model with utter perfection and beautiful humility. That true friendship requires sacrifice. Mm. As you read through the entire chapter, speaking of John 15, By the revealing and illuminating power of the Holy Spirit, of course, you'll see that the overarching concern of Jesus in John 15 is that his disciples persevere in the faith because we know all too well as those who follow him, we will face persecution from the world, right? He is ultimately calling us to live as friends to God, Mm. which is why in verse 13, he says, greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends and when you look at that in the context of all of scripture and you look at luke 14:33, in which jesus says in the same way those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples you can see how he is ultimately calling us to live as friends to god mm. and as we continue in this conversation you'll see that there's so much wisdom on the topic of friendship throughout the bible And that this wisdom, it's not divorced from the gospel, but actually the best wisdom on friendship throughout the word of God comes from the gospel itself. That's good. And a good couple of questions to ask yourself before we jump into the conversation is, one, do I have godly expectations for friendship? That's a genuine question you should take before the Father in your private devotional time with the Lord and just Ask him, as you seek him in his word, do I have godly expectations for friendships? Mm. And two, do I turn to God for friendship? That's good. These are two really uh, important questions to ask, especially if you're struggling in the area of friendship, to just start with the Lord and be like, hey, God, do I have godly expectations for friendship? And two... Am I turning to you for friendship because you are my perfect and faithful friend? So anywho, with all of that being said, let's jump right into the episode.
0: We will be prayerfully kicking off this conversation in Matthew 16. We can learn so much from Jesus and Peter's interaction here. And we read in Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 22, where it says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. To delve into this and get an accurate picture of what's happening here, let's read the surrounding verses to provide some biblical context, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 20. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah.
1: Verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Mm. For the son of man is going to come in his father's glory and his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Verse 28, truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Mm.
0: Peter, by the grace of God, just declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Mm. Jesus then predicts his death and goes on to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, telling them how he will suffer at the hands of the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he will be killed and on the third day will rise again. Mm -hmm. And then we see Peter fall into the trap so many of us often do not just in our friendships, but in our relationships in general, where Mm -hmm. we encourage our friends to place their satisfaction and allegiance outside of God because Mm -hmm. we do not understand where God is taking them.
1: So true.
0: We read this again in verse 22 and 23. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And in verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns.
1: How often have we been tempted to do the same? Mm. It's easy to look at this and be like, what? Peter has the audacity to pull aside <laughs> uh, Jesus, who he just said is the Messiah and rebuke him. Just <laughs> reading that <laughs> Peter rebuked him oh, is yeah. just so uh, you just can look at it and it can just seem so like, what? This is ridiculous. But how often have we been tempted to do the same? Mm. How often have we done the same? Mm. Where we, what we say and do, it might appear like sincere friendship, where the counsel we offer seems like it's helpful on its face, but instead it's actually a stumbling block. Mm. On the flip side, have you ever sat down to think you were going to be encouraged, you know, sharing where you believe the Lord is calling you only to have the bones of your faith stricken? Mm -hmm. Uh, For that moment, Peter, one of the 12, was not Jesus' friend but mm. Jesus' enemy. Wow. So what can we learn about friendship from this passage? Mm. What is Jesus teaching us about his design for Christian friendship? We see in this passage that you are an enemy, not a friend, if you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Wow, that's good. Those are the words straight out of Jesus's mouth in yeah. verse 23, where he says, you have in mind just merely human concerns, not the concerns of God. Right. Here are five marks to help us discern between God concerns and merely human concerns. Um, obviously, the context of this conversation is friendship, uh, but these are useful to apply in all types of relationships. Mm-hmm. And take it away, Trav, with mark number one.
0: Mark number one, encourage obedience to the Father, even if it's not your preference, even if you don't understand, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, encourage obedience to the Father. Amen. For every one of us, our ultimate allegiance is to God. And as his creation, we have an accountability to him as our creator. Amen. Despite man's attempt, there's no escaping that. Mm -hmm. We, the creation, will be held responsible before our creator for all things done while in the body mm-hmm. and we read this in second corinthians five ten, where it says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad right and at the conclusion of the book of ecclesiastes solomon writes this in ecclesiastes 12 verses 13 and 14 Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Mm. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Mm -hmm. Because of this fact, we must always encourage obedience to God, even if it's not what we desire, because he is who we are accountable to for all of eternity. Right. And if we truly love our brothers and sisters, our friends, this is what we will want for them is obedience to the father, even if it's at the expense of our preference. Right. So again, mark number 1, encourage obedience to the father.
1: Amen. Amen. And mark number 2 encourage your friend to find satisfaction in jesus not you that's good do not try to be god to them you are nobody's holy spirit Right. Uh, do not have them become your god your hope your foundation your relationship is first and foremost supposed to be faith building so encourage satisfaction in jesus amen We shared this in our conversation on relationships about what God reveals to us about how we are to relate to one another. And we shared similarly this point. We said there that we are called to find satisfaction in him, Mm -hmm. that we are to seek satisfaction in God and spur those we are in relationships with on in their satisfaction in God. Amen. We shared how in Mark twelve thirty, Jesus says, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Mm. And we cannot do this with divided loyalties or split allegiances. Right. That's why Jesus tells us to consider the cost of following him in Luke 14 and right. says, if you do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. We just right. referenced that at the top of this conversation. Considering the high cost of the call to follow Christ with your entire life, we can easily be tempted to look for fulfillment, satisfaction, and significance in the shifting shadows that this world offers. Mm -hmm. Pastor Trav shared that in this episode. It's episode two, if you want to reference it. We all want to be happy and to find fulfillment or satisfaction in this life. And it's easy to start to look for that in the things of this world Mm. instead of Jesus. So a faithful friend, a faithful friend that's concerned With God and not merely the concerns of man are going to point you to that ultimate, satisfying, refreshing, living spring found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Bible gives us clear instruction that we must have godly expectations for and of our relationships with one another. That's good. In Psalm 118, verses 8 through 9, we read, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Mm. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Hmm. And I shared in that episode from personal experience that I found that the easiest way to lead a relationship down a destructive path is to place your refuge in that relationship. Mm. The easiest route to disappointment in a relationship is to put your trust in that person, a trust that declares a hope found only in Jesus.
0: That's good. Come on. Our
1: hope is in Jesus and out of the overflow of that hope, we can trust him with what and who he gives, removes, or withholds. Amen. Our relationship with Jesus and satisfaction in him is primary in handling his gifts with care and stewarding them for his glory, like the gift of friendship. Amen. So in all of our relationships and even in our relational desires, Hmm. again, ask ask the question, have I submitted this relationship to Jesus? Have I submitted my relational desires to Jesus? That's good. Because as we shared in that episode and have continued to throughout this entire podcast is, is share that few things threaten our faith more than when a good gift of God, beautiful in and it of itself, like Travanized marriage, like uh, our friends who we love dearly, like our son, like our church, like our family, when those things slowly become necessary for our happiness. Mm. The Bible is clear about this and warns us that desires for other things can come in and choke the word. We read that in Mark four nineteen, where Jesus says, but the worries of this life, mm. the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Wow. So again, mark number two, encourage your friends to find satisfaction in Jesus, not you. And you as well. Check your own motives. Check your own heart. Am I allowing this person to become my God, my hope, my foundation? Because our relationships should first and foremost be faith-building. They should point us to Jesus and encourage satisfaction in Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. There was so much good sauce in that, Kyra. Thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Mark number three is we must point our friends to God and also bring them to God. So we are to point our friends to God, saying, Hey, you should stop looking for that horizontally in creation and take care of this vertically with your Heavenly Father. So we are to point them to Him. And we are also to bring our friends to God, fighting through the waves of distractions and the currents of deception. That caused the drifting in the first place with the truth of God's written word and his ultimate word, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. If Christ suffered to bring us to God, we are to model his heart towards our friends. And again, Kyra, you read John 15 at the top of this episode, and it's worth mentioning again here with John 15, verses 12 through 13. Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So again, Mark number three, we must point our friends to God and also bring them to God by the power and work of his Holy Spirit.
1: Amen, amen, amen. And now on to our fourth mark. We need to love our friends for the glory of God. Again, mark number four, we need to love our friends for the glory of God, not our own. We get this clear instruction in the word of God. One of the most impactful passages for me on this point is found in 1 John 4, verses 7 through 13, where we read, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I think this passage speaks for itself. We are to love our friends for the glory of of God. This is how God showed his, his love among us, sending his one and only son. That because he's loved us, we ought to love one another. And that his love is made complete in us as we love. And that this is how we know that we live in him and he in us, um, by the power and work of his spirit. And so let us love one another for love comes from God. Let us love one another for the glory of God, that our love might point to his perfect, ultimate, beautiful love made apparent and revealed in the sacrifice of his son, his life given, not taken in Jesus mighty name. Amen
0: amen 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 we need to love our friends for the glory of god not our own so good and the last mark mark number five we are called to endure and bear with our friends for the sake of christ amen Hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 through 26 says this, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward." We also read in Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 2, where it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And also in Galatians 6, verse 2, where it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So enduring and bearing with one another for the sake of Christ is not an option. It's a command to love them beyond our human limitations, looking to Christ for strength, for his grace, and a picture of what it looks like to endure and bear with one another for his name's sake.
1: Amen. Amen. In conclusion, the essence of friendship, the essence of friendship as designed by God for his glory and our good is togetherness built on Jesus, is togetherness built on Jesus that is secured in two overarching convictions. One, that Jesus is our greatest need, our most significant treasure, and he alone can satisfy and quench the thirst of our souls. And two, that his kingdom and his will alone are worth both living and dying for. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our perfect and faithful friend. Would your name be hallowed and your will be done. And to you be the
0: glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. We are so humbled that you are here And if you would like to support this free resource, check out the link in the description of the episode. And if you feel led, we would also love to hear from you, whether that's via email, DM, or a review on Apple Podcasts to hear what the Lord is highlighting to you through His Word in each episode. Keep a lookout for new episodes weekly on Mondays as the Lord wills it. And in the meantime, remember to what? Love God, love His church, and faithfully build your foundation on Him.
1: Christ with prayers and love. Dear the People's Conversation with Travis and Kyra Gold. Peace. See you next time.